What have you been drinking the entire time we've been on here? Vodka and iron brew. Like a good Scots girl. Well done. <laughs> I'm Davina and I'm Ricky and welcome to Fierce Slay Talk, a decamp podcast where we'll be catching up with some familiar faces from the drag world and beyond, whilst delving deeper into the obstacles life has thrown at them in the journey of becoming fabulous. So shall we begin? She is the Glaswegian queen who has been entertaining in the UK and overseas for years. She's putting the tart in tartan and showing the world that it is cool to be ginger because Ed Sheeran says so. So she's our queen of Scots. This is Mary Mack. Welcome to Fierce Slay Talk. Hooray! (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. My first ever podcast. Can you believe it? Is it really? First ever. Oh, wow. Okay. I've been asked to do other ones, but they were... um, uh, Shite. Shite. No, oh, they, were th- okay. they were things I didn't know anything about. I thought, oh, no, I can't come on there and talk about things I don't know about. <laughs> Whereas you know yeah. all about yourself. So who yeah. who better to fill us in on all things Mary Mac than the Queen herself? So where at the moment are you coming to us live from? I'm coming to you live from inside our bar here in Lanzarote, where I'm very, very lucky to still be able to kind of work and uh, operate within the restrictions that are still in place in the Canary Islands. Um, but yes, thankfully, this has been a little uh, lifesaver at the moment. Uh, amazing. So this, I mean, this feels like our correspondent live from Lanzarote. It's Mary yep. back. We're going live right now. <laughs> <laughs> Very much that at the moment. Thank goodness it's on the same time as the UK or else I'd be uh, late yeah. for everything. I mean, for real, because obviously I live in Gran Canaria as well. So um, we can practically wave to each other. From, from where, I mean, we can't really, but you know, the idea is there. <laughs> so is it not, is it dead nice and sunny out there at the moment? It's always nice and sunny. Uh, we had areas. terrible, terrible weather uh, last week. There was floods and everything. Oh, really? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Our bar was flooded, things like that. <sighs> but actually the sun has come back out now, which is wonderful if, unless you're a ginger like me and you can't go out in it for too long. <laughs> yeah, it's this definitely it, yeah. a choice, isn't it? For somebody of the, the complexion of, of yourself, to have decided to move to somewhere that is, you know, relatively sunny all year round. I think it's um, the lack of vitamin D in my childhood. <laughs> I needed I needed to bring it back to my body. <laughs> Once I turned a little bit older, so I thought, yeah, sack it. I'll go and live somewhere hot all the time. <laughs> I used to work in Fuerteventura as a holiday rep. And if you have to do anything during the day and it's hot, I mean, I'm not wearing makeup. So you can imagine, like, I dread to think what it must be like for some people to have to perform in those kind of temperatures. Yeah, I mean, thankfully, because I'd done a lot of stuff in Gran Canaria at Ricky's Mm -hmm. and things like that, they do pool parties every year. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm I'm used to that anyway. I quite enjoy the heat. And I always jump in the pool at the end of my show as well, because, well, it's quicker than washing my tights in the hotel. (laughs) Well, this is it. I used to get thrown in all the time, which was actually a bit of a relief sometimes, to be honest. But yeah, Where, whereabouts are you from originally? Is it Glasgow? Because we know you're Scottish. Yeah, I am originally uh, from Glasgow. I no longer, people would say I don't have a Glaswegian accent anymore, but that's just from living in London for a long time and kind of developing a voice. I mean, this isn't really my voice either. This is Mary's voice, I guess. Um, but it's certainly not what people would think a Glaswegian accent is anymore. Yeah, I mean, I used to work in in Glasgow every month, at least once a month. Sometimes I was there three or four times in the month. And uh, trying to understand what somebody is saying to you at three o'clock in the morning over over the music. And they're all they not just a skin full, but they've had like a tanker full because it's Glasgow. (laughs) You know, everybody loves a drink in Glasgow. I mean, definitely um, more than once I was asking people to write it down. Could you just write that down instead? I've got (laughs) no idea what's going on. It's kind of what it sounds like at three in the morning when they're absolutely smashed and you're like, I just want to go home at this point. So, but yours is a, it's it's definitely Scottish, still got that lovely Scottish twang to it, but uh, it's not not as hard um as the glasgow accent is actually 
No, but if you do get me at AXM at three o'clock in the morning, then I'm very Glaswegian. <laughs> really? I join in. I join in with the rest of them. Oh, I love it. I love a Scottish accent on a lad. Yeah, definitely. Just a nice bit of extra aggression there for you. Oh, <laughs> it's just like, yeah. It's a bit stronger, isn't it, from Glasgow than Edinburgh, the accent? Oh, for sure. For yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Edinburgh people are certainly more uh, soft-spoken than mm. us Glaswegians. Mm-hmm. Yes. Less of a threat, probably. Have you got? You were quite create. Were you quite creative when you were younger? Because I understand that you didn't just go to regular school. You also went to stage school. So you were incredibly busy from like an early age. Yeah, and I was. I was really lucky when I was younger as well. I worked mm-hmm. a lot for BBC Scotland and things like that. You know, so I was kind of always being taken out of school to do other projects and things. But yeah, okay. I was. Um, yeah, my, I think my, my mum just saw that that's what I was going to be doing, and and yep. that's what I did. And there was never any get a real job, you know, make sure you, you're clever and you study hard. Because I think mm-hmm. they just thought whatever happens, that's that's the path that's going to that's going to fulfill what they want yeah. to do in their life. And, and thankfully, so far, it has been. I haven't I only had like a proper job um, yeah. for a very small period while I was still building uh, Mary Mac. And it, and it kind of at the end of when I was doing proper acting because obviously mm-hmm. those jobs are few and far between, mm. depending on yeah. who you are. What what was that proper job? I worked... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I worked for a car hire company. Well, they weren't a car hire company. They were a car club. And um, my job was basically, every time a new member joined, I had to call the DVLA in Wales and just double check what points they had on the license. And that's what I did every day. It was so, oh, thank God I like the Welsh accent because it's all I did was speak to people in Wales day after day after day, checking whether people were allowed to join the club or not. And that's what I did. So how many points <laughs> were you allowed to join the club and what, what would stop you being allowed to join? Um, I can't, it was actually quite a lot. You could still have quite a lot of points, I think, on your license, but it depended on what they were for. Oh. Um, yeah, so it all got, I mean, it was quite, because obviously that's quite a personal thing, isn't mm-hmm. it? I, I used to love it. And then when you come off a DVLA, if they weren't allowed to join, I'm so sorry, Mr. Wilkinson. Nah, you're out, darling. <laughs> you're getting a bus. Computer says no. <laughs> now, you've been doing drag for quite a long time. How was it that you were introduced to drag? What was it that sort of brought you to this this particular choice of of operations? <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> I'd done I had done pantomime dame when I was younger. And so I kind of knew I could mince about in heels and I was comfortable enough in a dress and could kind of, I mean, I say paint a face back then. It was absolutely terrible. It's not much better today. Uh, but... Um, <laughs> Then when I, I was auditioning as an actor and there was an audition for a pantomime, an adult pantomime to play the role of Snow White. And I just thought, OK, I'm going to go. I'm going to try and do it. And then on the morning, actually, I thought, no, I'm not going to do it. I had a costume and a wig and everything ready. And I said no. And then Brett, my other half, and we weren't long together at that point, said, no, I really think you should go and, and do it just to see what happens. And then on the panel of that edition, there was Louis Spence and they were filming it for Sky yes. One and, and Bette Rince, who was a legendary uh, drag queen at the time in London, now in semi-retirement. And I didn't get the part. It went to Tanya Hyde, the bitch. What a cow. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but the TV producers saw something in me and Louis did. And they said, OK, well, can we invite you back to do another few episodes? We just kind of want to follow you around and see what you do after this. And Bet, luckily for me, took me under her wing and was now, I guess, I knew nothing about it at the time, would have been my drag mum mm-hmm. and brought me in and brought me into London venues to kind of co-host things with her or just go up and sing a few songs. And yep. that's where it started. And, and never did I think, probably, I think it's now about 11 years later, that I'd, that I'd be doing it all the time now. Because I'd seen that audition. I remember seeing that audition and thinking, oh, I should I should go and do this. I should go and do this audition. And then I thought, um, I don't know whether it was because I was teaching or I didn't go for some reason. 
And then when I, I was watching Pineapple Dance Studios, which is where the show that it was on, which is Campus Tits, and that sort of catapulted Louis Spence as well, didn't it, into the public um, consciousness. I mean, there's that uh, little clip, isn't there, where he's going, I'm not supposed to go down these stairs, but what are they going to do? Shoot me? I don't think they're going to, are they? I'm quick as a whip <laughs> it. Um, so, they, like, and I've seen that about 60 times this week. Um and so when I'd seen that, you know, that had happened, obviously I was insanely jealous, thinking, oh, if only I'd actually turned up to that audition. But I'm so glad that it, that it was you because it, I, I think that allowed... Um, it's very... London's a very difficult place to break into, isn't it? Hugely, I think, and I think even more so now, although there are more... Um, I mean, there's not more... Uh, LGBTQ plus bars as such, but there's certainly more venues that are that are open to having drag and things like that, which is great because there's more performance opportunities. But to actually crack the scene back then, yeah, it was really, really difficult. You could either go in kind of via a drag idol route and do a competition and that kind of helped massively mm. um, platform you or, or yeah, you had to have someone that you knew who could um, who could help you kind of get your first step on the ladder? And thankfully, Bet was that person for me. And I think because of the program as well, once that aired, people just thought, "Oh well, we'll give it a chance." And thank God they did. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. How long were you in London? Sorry, before you uh, before you headed over to Lanzarote. Um, I lived I lived in London probably around kind of on and off with work and things for about 10 years a long time I kind of went the very first time when I was 17 so I was I was really young leaving Scotland to, to go to London but it was amazing and I and I love it I'd never ever lived there again unless I had a, like a massive um Chelsea house or something that I could just flit <laughs> in and out of and yeah. someone else someone else took care of it for me then I then I would maybe say I'd live there again but no I don't want to um if I if I ever lived back in the UK, I would yeah I'd go somewhere else and experience living somewhere else. I love London and believe me, it's it's paved the way for the life I have now. But um, it's a crazy place to live. So you don't fancy Manchester? I'd love to live in Manchester. We looked we looked at <laughs> Manchester before we um before we decided on Lanzarote. We looked at Manchester and we looked at Glasgow because I would love to go home at some point. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then we looked at Lanzarote. And it was pissing it down on both days in Manchester and Glasgow. And it was absolutely glorious in Lanzarote. <laughs> of course, yep. Yep. That sounds about right. How long How long were you um, been in Gran Canaria, Davina, in total? Um, I think it's four years this year. I think it's four years. Um, because that's... I also started being vegetarian at that time. So that August, I... Oh, yeah. I went, right, no more meat. I'd sort of cut down massively already. And then I was like, no, I'm done. No more meat. Don't like it. Don't like the way it's... What a place to move to as a vegetarian. The island of meat. Oh, my God. For real. <laughs> it's, it's very difficult, actually, to find any vegetarian substitutes. There's... Uh, some of them are all right. But the only thing with the veggie substitutes out there is that they're packaged in such thick plastic that you're like, okay, in one hand, I'm saving the planet. In the other, I am contributing to massive amounts of landfill shit. So you're like, okay, I'm just not going to eat any of that stuff. And I'm just going to have vegetables. Woo! Pasta and, and vegetables. It, it? <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love the fact that you're really talking about food, whereas I was talking about meat that goes into people's speedos. Oh! Listen, because I'm not, I'm not refraining from all of that. That's, that's absolutely not the thing. I'm a, a regular at Reds. That's absolutely. Fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, it is a bit of a choice though to go from we're going to move to Manchester or Glasgow to then go. Actually, we're going to move to Lanzarote. So, what apart from the sunshine? What was it that just made you go? Actually, no, this is the right thing for us. We had the idea that we wanted to have a bar. Brett, Brett was a performer when we first met. He'd been in We Will Rock You. He'd been in West Side Story and lots of other things. And is a, ph a phenomenal performer. Mm -hmm. And then when he decided he didn't want to do it anymore, he went into bar work and he managed clubs in London, like Shadow Lounge and things like that. But of course, we were always working for other people. 
Um, so we wanted to have our own space, our own bar, um, where I could perform and Brett could do what he wanted to do and we could, you know, cash in ourselves. And um, so we obviously looked at places in Manchester and wherever, but it's so expensive. And at that time, we just didn't have um, the money to do it. And it's taken us a while. We're only a, just over a year open here. Um, and obviously most of that has been shut. <laughs> We thought there was a real, obviously, in comparison to Grand Canaria, there's not a massive amount of drag mm. in Lanzarote. So we thought there's obviously yeah. a little gap <laughs> in the market for something. And thankfully, it's paid off. I mean, I wasn't here a lot when we first opened because I was obviously still working in the UK constantly. Um, but now that I have been here and I can do stuff at the bar, there's, there is an audience for it, which is amazing. That's amazing. And what also is amazing is that you've, You've transferred not only from the stage, but to the airwaves as well. You're on the radio. Yes. yes, which is madness. I had no idea that it was going to come up or anything like that. There's a, a radio station out here, uh, an English radio station out here called Monster Radio. And they called me one day and, well, she left me a voicemail. This is the true story. She left me a voicemail and said, hi, I'm calling from Monster Radio. Um, someone has given us your number and we'd really, really love to chat. And I thought she was flogging advert space. And I was like, <laughs> I, I barely have money to buy stock right now, let alone adverts on the radio. I am not interested. And then, but I called back because I'm a nice queen. And they said, uh, no, we're really interested in you doing a show on here, maybe once a month or whatever. So I met them and we chatted and they basically said, what, do you, what would you do on the radio? I said, well, I'd just play what I play in my house camp shit you know and stuff I sing along to and they said okay fine when would you like to do it I said well whenever you want and it was it went from a month uh, originally it was going to be once a month and then it went fortnightly and, and it's weekly um pretty much very quickly it straight away it went to that which has been amazing and built up uh, a kind of new set of skills for me which is mm -hmm. great because I'm the only one there I, I operate it all myself I do all the buttons and everything which sometimes go terribly wrong um <laughs> I don't know what I was I was playing uh, a song yesterday and I was also playing an advert for Spanish car insurance at the same time which I don't know how I was doing it because I don't know where that advert is um but, but it was playing so that's fine but it's it's brilliant and it's a, a different skill, but I think a lot of the online stuff this year, Zooms and Facebook mm. Lives and whatever, kind of prepared me for talking to yourself because that's what you do on the radio. Yes, people message in and whatever because we're live, um, but you're in a studio talking into a microphone and pretty much other than comments on Facebook and things like that, that's what I've been doing for the past God knows how long. Perfect. Do you get ready as well? Do you do all in drag? Officially, yes. <laughs> she just took, take like 15 different outfits down to the studio and just take a different picture in each one. And every time you go down, just pop a new picture up there. <laughs> Pretty much that's what I've done. I mean, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of work to be sitting in a, in a studio for two hours, not doing anything. And, but I have done like live streamed, I've streamed on Instagram from the studio when I was yeah. fully made up. But then that's even yeah, more that's complicated. Um, but no, it's um, and it's funny because Brett will sometimes be out shopping, listening on the radio, or other people now as well, and they'll message in and say, um, "You've slipped out of Mary," which is odd because obviously if I'm in it yeah. and I look like this, yeah, um, I can do it. Or I yeah. thought, and I thought I could do it without it on as well. But apparently, okay. at times people hear that I don't sound like okay. Mary. Wow. So Ooh, it really is a full, it. a full thing for you. Like, because yeah. I mean, Davina's voice is just the same as my voice. It's, it doesn't change. I don't really change. I just have a wig and lots of makeup on. <laughs> but I Mary's... thought you always wore a wig. <laughs> no, it's just bad hair. Uh, so, so Mary is like, clearly like a, an actual, like a costume, a, a real character that you put on top. Yeah, I, I didn't think so. But apparently, yeah. And when I meet people, um, we, we, the, the, one of the great things about being here for, for as long as I have been at the moment is I've, I've met a lot more friends and 
because um, I was so busy in and out of the island. Brett had lots of friends, which was amazing, but I was kind of always the one that was going away and coming back. Um, but we've made some amazing friends now and we go for a dinner or whatever and they'll say it's so amazing to sit and just talk to JP out of drag because you are a completely different person, which I just don't, I don't see it, but I guess it's, you know, I don't know what, what there'll, be a, there'll be a real psychological term for that somewhere um, that someone will tell me on Twitter who's got a doctor, <laughs> and a, a doctor in front of their name and a blue tick after it. Probably. We'll see if Cheddar knows anything. Yes, she'll know. Sure, sure. Before UK Drag Race actually started, um, the Gay Times wrote all their suggestions of all the people that should be in um, in Drag Race, and you were on it. Yes, I'm were always you? on it. I'm on every freaking list. I'm on every freaking list except for the executive producers list. That's the only list I'm not on. So, did you apply? Yeah. Uh, yes, I applied for season one. Okay. So what stopped you going for season two? <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, one, I know what stopped me, um, properly stopped me auditioning, is I'd kind of already um, had the wheels in motion for um, everybody's talking about Jamie. Yeah. So I didn't want to have to come out of that if I got season two, even though they would have allowed me to leave, which, which mm-hmm. was very kind. Um, but I didn't want to, I thought if I'm doing that, I want to do it properly and I want to be part of the company and, and, and do it all. So that was season two. And, and also I watched season one and I thought, okay, and which I loved. And I think it's brilliant. I think the new season's brilliant. I think it, it has brought a new bit of life to Drag Race. And I think it's actually mm-hmm. changed the American one as well now because they mm-hmm. are looking at different things and, and the queens are watching other queens from around the world and thinking, okay, it's not just us now. There are other bitches coming for our gigs. Mm. And um, <laughs> so I thought I, I, I want to see season two and then I didn't apply for season three. I, am I allowed to say, I can say that, can't I? Yeah, Shut, of course you yeah. can. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I haven't applied for season three either. Um, because I want to see how it pans out. Some weeks I watch it and I think, yeah, absolutely. Oh my God, I could do this. That's, and I'd be amazing, which I'm sure everyone thinks about. But then there's other weeks I watch it and I think, nah, I would walk into that workroom and say, okay, bye everybody. Thank you so much. It's been a lovely experience. So it's, but that's, you know, um, you don't know obviously until you're there and you're doing it. And I would love to be on the show. I think I would do quite well on it, but you don't know, do you? You can't, um, you can't foresee these things because you don't know who you're going to be against. You don't know what the challenges will be. It's, um, yeah. And I need to learn to sew. I mean, I've had about a year to learn doing nothing <laughs> else in the house, but I haven't done it. That's got to be one of the most common reasons people give, isn't it? Is definitely learning to sew. Yeah, I mean, and I know people have done really well out of it that, that can't sew. I mean, Bag, I was top three, and well, she can't even, she can't work both her hands at the same time. <laughs> She did well because her personality got her through and, you know, so I know it's not an essential thing, but I would like to be able to. So I should. Brett does it all for me. Do the whole package. Yeah, your your partner makes all of your outfits, doesn't he? Yeah, I think all but about 2% of my costumes have been made by Brett, and that, which is amazing. And I would want to be on the show wearing his creations as well, do you know what I mean? Because you're away from yeah. your partner, all that kind of stuff. So there's, there's little bits of it that I think I want to do this and I want to do this. And, but I enjoy watching it. I love, you know... I love watching it. I love tweeting it. I love supporting the girls. And, um, and then I love WhatsApping all the things I can't say online to my friends. Ah! <laughs> That's it, isn't it? Well, we've got to be careful now, though, because WhatsApp are mining everybody's data, aren't they, apparently? Yes. Oh, yeah. got yes. To... I mean, there's, there's nothing on there that, that I wouldn't say in public if I was forced to. Yeah, no, same with me. I don't really write anything that I wouldn't say anyway, because I'm quite happy to call somebody a dickhead to their face. I'm, it doesn't really <laughs> bother it, me. Isn't it? <laughs> Mary, what do you think about the... Um, so we had some Scottish representation in season two this year, which has been cool. Were you happy to see that? Yeah, I love it. I love it. I don't know Ellie Diamond at all, um, mm. but I think okay. she's fierce. And I, from what I've seen on the, on the programme, and obviously now I, I follow her on socials, and um, obviously a beautiful queen and, and her costumes are great. And she seems to have a really lovely personality yeah. as well. Lawrence, I do know, I don't know that well, um, but I know because has been quite a prominent uh, character on the Glasgow gay scene for quite a while yeah. now. And um, I think he's very funny. Yeah, I think, you know, the Glasgow gay scene, I, it's funny because obviously I'm tartan, I'm ginger, I'm Scottish, I sing Michelle McManus, I sing everything, you know, 
uh, and I love it, but I, I think probably the Scottish queens would say she's not a Scottish queen because I don't work there. I don't, I very yeah. rarely do anything in Scotland and um, certainly not on the scene um, just because it's not been where, where, where I've the been. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and they have a different thing up there. They do a lot of um, kind of group stuff and big events where there's lots of them performing. It's not just like me up doing an hour and a half at the RVT or something like that. So there wasn't really the space for me to do it, but I love it. I've been out in Glasgow. I think there's some, some amazing queens up there. Mm. Um, and yeah, absolutely right. I think it was, um, well, I don't, I don't think it was an issue. There was no Scottish queens on the first season. It was what it is. And then obviously I think it's fab they put two in. <laughs> Because that moment where Lauren saw Ellie Sees coming the in new, was so yeah, yeah. good. He was like, the name of Scotland, I've got this covered. And then she turns out, he's like, oh. <laughs> That's the thing. If I was yeah. on season two, I'd have wanted to be the only Scottish one. If they'd put me <laughs> and then Lauren's chariot had walked in as well, I'd have been, my face would have been worse, believe me. I'd have, I'd have, I'd have flipped that fucking workroom table. I'd have been going mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh perfect so just I want to go back to everybody's talking about Jamie because like you've been doing um, cabaret drag stuff for a real long time so you kind of stepped out of the straight um, legitimate uh, theatre stuff so how how does somebody you know I'm really asking for myself how does somebody who's been doing <laughs> cabaret drag for such a long time then step back into that legitimate sphere um it was terrifying and uh hard work because obviously it, it was wonderful to be asked to be a part of it and very un unexpected and um when they asked me to come and have a meeting about it i remember flying into london and i didn't want to tell anyone what i was doing but i had to go and drag so i had to get ready somewhere so I got ready at the Admiral Duncan because I was meeting them um, at the at the theatre, at the Apollo, where Jamie's on in the West End. And I remember saying, it was around about Pride time, and I remember saying uh, to the bosses at the Admiral Duncan, oh, I'm filming something for Channel 4 because I didn't want anyone to know what I was doing because I didn't want to kind of... Jinx it. Jinx it, yeah. Mm -hmm. or, or, yep. or people start chatting and then, it, then everything, you know, oh, if she gets that, she's going to be gone and then she'll never do another cabaret venue again and blah, 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 all this kind of stuff that happens on the on the gay scene um but when I got it I was like amazing and, and and then you have a big discussion about it was meant to be six well about nearly eight months of mm. work that would have kind of taken me away from my normal gigs I could have done a few things and it's a big it's a big risk to step away from work and I was you know an, an eight show a weekend drag queen I was working non-stop um which I'm very very grateful for but it was it's something I've always wanted to do. I, when I was younger and I was acting, I did mostly plays or smaller musicals. I'd never done a really big proper musical and I love the show. I've seen it so many mm. times in the West End. I think it's a phenomenally written show, beautifully directed. Um, so the chance was there and I thought, I've got to do it. Brett agreed, we'll be fine, we'll get through it. Um, in terms of being apart, it's a long time to be apart for. Mm. Um, but going into the rehearsal room was very strange because I was in there and I knew a couple of people loosely. Um, I knew Leighton from kind yeah. of being out and about and stuff like that, who, who's phenomenal. But I, he obviously didn't know who I was out of drag. So obviously, like, no one's got any idea. And there was no, I'm not Bianca Del Rio. You know, I'm not joining the, Mary Max not joining the cast of Jamie. I was just going in as a jobbing actor, but they were really, um, determined to put an actual drag queen as part of the drag queen ensemble uh, in the show, which has been amazing. And I think that will be forever more now. They'll, they'll always want to have a, have a legit working mm. queen as part of the show. And, but it was hard work because I had to learn my lines and I had to learn harmonies and I couldn't just say, oh yeah, but I could just, or I could just. Um, thankfully, my, my wonderful friend, uh, James Gillen, who plays Young Loco in the West End, has been in the show from the very beginning and was adamant that one of the queens should be Scottish. So thankfully I don't have to do an accent in it, which is great because I can't do Perfect. accents. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I have like one line or two lines I have to say in a like mm. kitsch American accent. And some nights the director's just like, nah, that was not good. <laughs> <laughs> 
but it was amazing and, and everyone else they, they made me work hard I went to warm-ups every day you know I danced I, I I was in the best shape that I'd been in a long time because I was working again I was you know you're a drag queen you do what you want to a certain degree and you you run yeah. your own schedule but I was being you know told what to do and I, I loved it because it's what I it's what I trained to do as a kid it's what I what I want to do forever if, if there was more um opportunities to put the two together later yeah. in life when I'm older I would probably like to kind of step back into doing it as a as a boy again or a mm. man again and um, but if there was more opportunities to kind of segue the two together then I'd love it I'd love more chances to do theatre there's a few isn't there there's a few shows that kind of have sampled some drag in there Priscilla um Rocky Horror um, things like that. Could you imagine you having to do an entire show in an Australian accent? Do you think you could do it? No. Ages and ages ago for Priscilla, they, someone asked me to go in an audition for it and I was like, I'd do it. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, Jason Donovan has a beautiful Australian accent, but he's fucking shit in the part. So, you know, oh, it swings and roundabouts, darling. Swings and roundabouts. If I end up on RuPaul's Drag Race UK season 18, I can go in and do whatever accent I want because <laughs> I'm off the telly. <laughs> exactly. Or we could change it to Priscilla, Queen of the Highlands or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Look at Michelle Visage and Jamie. God bless her. She tried her hardest, but that was not a Sheffield accent. It was. I don't know whose accent that was. That was not even, it wasn't even a British accent. Not even close. I thought it was so strange. I remember I watched, I mean, I don't give a shit who I ask questions to, you know, whether you're the executive producer of a show or whatever, I yeah. like to know things. And I was like, why on earth, when she was the teacher, did you not just let her have an image? She could have been from anywhere. She didn't have to be from there. <laughs> yeah. But I think no. maybe she wanted to be, because she's so, she loves the Brits. I know she loves the Brits. So maybe she wants to be part of it more. But Maybe. Yeah, well. So what was the accent meant to be? Sheffield? Sheffield, yeah. Yeah, that's where, where they're supposed to be from. I thought it was like northeast or something like Darlington. Yes, well, or Jamie, Durham, Jamie or... is from the northeast, but the ah, musical right, right. itself, instead, they've set it in Sheffield. You know, part of that is about uh, it gives them more scope for representation and um, and putting you know different people in the show because the northeast isn't maybe the most diverse area oh, in the country, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. whereas Sheffield is a very diverse melting pot of all kinds of people live. It's an amazing place, and and Jonathan and Tom, who who came up with the idea, are from Sheffield, and that's why they okay. wanted it to represent kind of where they grew up and where they developed as people. And we spent a month in Sheffield when we opened the tour, and I had the time of my life. I absolutely loved okay. it. Oh my goodness, wild nights out. Me and Shane yeah. Ritchie on a, me and Shane Ritchie on a bucking bronco. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Now, you're very active on Twitter and social media. Do you find social media has been a really helpful tool for you or does it feel more like a a chore? Um, no, I don't, I don't find it a chore at all, really. I enjoy it. I enjoy the benefits that it can bring to you as a, as a performer even in the connection side of things, of, of meeting other people that you might not meet because of distance and whatever, things like that. Mm. Um, I, I find it hard personally. I can't do, I'm not technologically sound at all. So I can't even, I, I can just about whiten my teeth on Facetune. That's about as much <laughs> as I can do. But I see all these other queens and I'm like, bitch, what makeup are you using? You are flawless. And then someone else will say to me, no, no, no. It's been faced into the high heavens. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I get a little bit insecure sometimes when I see all these queens who I'm sure I have got lovely makeup skills mm. and they've probably spent 18 hours doing it. Um, but I've got other shit to do. I've got to go to the beach um, and enjoy my life. <laughs> yeah. um, but I do, so things like that, I, I do sometimes fall into the trap of forgetting that uh, not everything on social media is real life. Um, yeah. And I, I get a bit um, guilty of that myself as well. But you, because you don't want to post, oh, I don't feel well or I don't feel good today. Yeah. You know, I, I try and I try and send out a positive kind of uh, vibe from mm. Mary Mac. And also, I don't. I'm not on social media uh, out of drag. 
I don't have any sort of other profiles. I'm only on there as Mary Mac. I'll sometimes put pictures up of me and Brett or me out of drag. I'm, I don't bother about things like that, people seeing me. Um, but I don't really ever put my actual personal feelings or thoughts online. Um, it's all kind of coming from Mary. It can still be serious and about real issues, mm -hmm. um, but it's still coming from a point of view of, of the, the act. But yeah. I love social media. Yeah. I love it, but I've been sitting at, and this may help me, and I don't, I don't care doing the shameless plug, but I've been sitting at 13.6 followers, Instagram followers for bloody ages. And I don't know which one is going to tip me over to 0.7. But if I, do it, <laughs> if I do it after this, if I do it after this podcast, I promise you, I will do one of those makeover looks when you dress up as someone else and I will dress up as to be like, <gasps> yes, I've got do an it. old red wig in a cupboard somewhere and I will find <laughs> it and I will do it. <laughs> Just make sure you put it in the tumble dryer first and then it'll be dry enough. <laughs> I don't have a tumble dryer, but I may just attach it to my dog's leash and let her run wild. Perfect. There we go. That'll be exactly the right style. Like the Facetune thing, I totally, um, I empathise with that. You know, that you see these people and you're like, well, how is that even possible? Um, I mean, some of it is I don't have the most incredible makeup skills. So, you know, some of them, I'm looking at them and I'm going, well, I'm never going to be able to do anything like that anyway. And I'm not really that interested in that either. Because, you know, like you, I have shit to do and I would like to go and enjoy my life rather than sit for eight hours painting my face to put a picture up. For me, I don't think that's a useful use of my time. For other people, absolutely. The, the best use of your time possible because that's your shtick. It's not mine. Put me on stage. Let me kick my legs around and sing some stupid songs. You know, um... But I'm very aware that of of the Facetune thing, you know, and I'm trying my very best to not do very much stuff to my face because, you know, ladies of a certain generation, I'd, I don't want to I don't want to arrive at a gig and then be like, who the fuck are you, Davina's mum? What the fuck is going <laughs> on here? Exactly. Exactly right. And that's the thing. You know, it's it's. But for some queens, which is not a bad thing, no. their, their, their job is their look because that's what they get yeah. booked to do. They get booked to do shoots. They get booked to do fashion shows. Mm. They get booked yeah. to host things. Um, and that's, and so they're, they have to look like that. So they yeah. have to spend the hours and have all this technological things if they need it. Um, like you and me, we, I'm not getting booked for my looks. Not a chance in hell. Um, I'm getting booked to turn up and go on stage for two hours and absolutely destroy it. That's what I do. And I'm happy to do that. And it's funny, I, when I have those little moments of doubt about my makeup skills or how I look in a picture, um, Brett will have to remind me, he's like, it doesn't matter because by the end of your two hour show, you don't even look like how you walked on stage. No. You are, you're sweating, your yeah. hair's all over the place, your lace has come undone, everything, you know. But that doesn't matter because people have enjoyed the show. And for me, yeah. that's, that's my love. Yeah. My love is the performance side of it. And, and that's what I miss right now. Oh, my God, I'm so grateful that I have an audience uh, here on the island. I mean, it's small because we're only allowed a certain amount of people mm. at the bar. Um, but they're clapping. And I finish a song and I hear applause. So many queens I know just now, my friends who have stopped doing live stuff on Facebook and things like that, said because it was too hard for me to put my heart and soul in as we do to these shows even online and 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 just not have that instant yeah, response. that response yeah. yeah it's in it is so it can be really really soul destroying to just be performing to a screen like i'm i've i did uh three or four that were like that and then i was like okay the ones which I enjoy are the ones where I can have some interaction with the audience. I mean, my whole show anyway is about interaction with the audience, about getting them singing or dancing or doing something. You know, it's about we're all here. Let's all have a good time together. So if there isn't that, it doesn't work for me. I, I have no idea how to make that work. So like the ones where I, I say, OK, we've got all these numbers on the wall. Which number do you want? Pick the number. Are you ready? Da, 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 da. You know, and then it's up to them to pick what the song is and then we'll fucking do the number or whatever. But if there isn't if there isn't that or you can't see them putting the clapping hands emoji or whatever, it's just like 
it's it's fucking weird. You're just stood in your garage singing to yourself. What's the point? <laughs> it's so weird. It's been the strangest. Uh, twenty twenty is the strangest year. I mean, amazing as well. Mm. I've I've tried new things. The great thing about online stuff is you can try new things, and there's no one there walking away. <laughs> you yeah, try yeah. new. You try a new song at the two brewers and you just see everyone suddenly backing away from the stage like, why is she trying to do Whitney Houston? (laughs) It would be fair to say that you two are both very, very passionate about music. Um, You announced this year that you would quite like to represent uh, the UK in Eurovision. Because I know someone else who quite fancies representing the UK in Eurovision. Um, How's it going? Have people responded to you? No. Have they not? Oh, what happened? Bastards. You know, it's, it's, it's something I'd love to do. I haven't mm-hmm. properly invested in it. I have a friend who writes music who said it's probably something we could do. We could put it in and we could try. Um, but I know some other drag queens would like to do it as well, <laughs> um, which is absolutely gorgeous because I think it's what we need to send. The UK it's needs to send some camp. We, we, yeah. we're, we're not going to win with some... As beautiful as they may be, boy or girl singing a ballad. Because the reality is, we've done Brexit. That's something that's happened. Most people in the European Union are like, fuck you. So, you know, let's not send somebody whose career is going to bomb afterwards. You know, whereas a drag queen, is their career going to bomb afterwards? No, because Eurovision is huge in the gay community. So yes. they'll be at every Pride every single year. They'll be doing nightclub events. They'll be doing... So it's not going to negatively affect those people's careers. It's just going to boost it, if anything. You know, whereas if you send Blue, well, they did really well. They did better than anybody else has done forever. I forgot about that. But still, yeah. it, it just mm. wasn't the right one you know they were like the closest to a credible band that we've sent for a real real long time i mean you cannot send engelbert humperdinck and think yeah what was that about and think (laughs) that people are going to be like yes i love this 90 year old man i can't wait to vote for him what i mean no no i did see a little leak on twitter the other day and it very quickly disappeared that apparently Steps are in talks to do it. Oh. And I think Steps would be okay. It's not a bad choice. Yeah, it's if not it's not going to be a drag queen, it could yeah. be Steps. Yeah. They're going to turn up in the costumes. They're going to have a routine. They're going yeah. to do it all. It's going to be know, so, tits. Yeah. 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 Steps I, would, steps I would be fine with. The Frock Destroyers, I would love. Because yeah, it would be great. camp. I mean, in my opinion, if you could have a third... Um, if there could be three voices in the group and not just you and Blue. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think Scotland will ever get to have an independent entry into Eurovision? Is that something that they might look at in the future, sort of after Brexit? Yes, probably. Um, I know Nicola Sturgeon will fight till her last breath to get independence for Scotland. Um, Where are you on that? Oh, Are we, am I am I all right asking you that? <laughs> I would say yes. I would. I, I mean, as much as I haven't lived in Scotland for a long time, so I and I don't. Terrible thing to say. I don't get uh, too involved in politics. Obviously, mm-hmm. I know what I stand and I know uh, what I believe in. And mm-hmm. I, I think certainly now that the relationship between the EU and the UK as it stands is massively changing um, I think that there's a good shout for it and I think it would it would uh, fix a lot of things everyone's talking about the fishes and yeah. um, you know there's a lot of fish in Scotland uh, and usually battered uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and, and then if they did and they got our they got our independent uh, entry into the Eurovision Song Contest. I will take on Michelle McManus. I don't give a shit. I will back her <laughs> to get myself on that. Because it's Perfect. between me and her. It's me and her. Susan Boyle can't do it. She's on a travel ban. I mean, She's not going to do it. Okay. <laughs> Lewis Capaldi might have something to say about that. That's all I'm throwing in there. Lewis Capaldi. <laughs> Lewis Capaldi doing the Eurovision Song Contest would be amazing. No! Any shit, he wouldn't care. He'd just do it for the... For the shits and giggles. I'd like, what I'd really like to see is Lewis Capaldi doing his version of a step song with backing dancers and a full routine. 
That would be <laughs> that would be that would be a show I would like to see. I think that would be Brilliant. incredible. Louis Capaldi doing Sonia's Better the Devil You Know. <laughs> <laughs> Better the Devil. Brilliant. <laughs> He'd be up for that, I think. Uh, you know what? I think actually Louis Capaldi would be up for that. And he is wild. <laughs> yeah. For how huge a star he is globally, he says that he does not give a shit, and I love it. It's, I mean, I've always listened to Radio 2 because I've always been an old person. But he was on uh, last week, I think, doing his like, you know, they, they do this thing where they have the tracks of your years. They do this tracks of the okay. years thing. So he was on that doing that. And he was like, well, you know, if this shit lasts for two years, great. Brilliant. I'm not expecting <laughs> any more than that. And the... <laughs> The guy interviewing him is like, well, I think you can probably expect a bit longer than two years. And he's just going, well, I mean, you don't know, do you? There's always someone new coming along. So, and that's, yeah, you don't. <laughs> that's what's so kind of joyous and refreshing about him as well is that he isn't he isn't one of those who's going, I'm going to be here forever. I'm amazing. I'm this. You know, he's just very like, great. I mean, this has been incredible, but I don't expect it. Um, I think it's probably a great way to look at any sort of career, really. In terms yeah. of wherever, whatever level you're at, if you get a bit of success or you're, or you're more successful than you were previously, enjoy it, enjoy it. And then if you go the other way and you keep getting more successful, fantastic. And then if it ends, it ends and you try something else. That's what I've always said. People, people always ask me the most random, say, what happens if tomorrow morning you wake up and Mary Mac doesn't exist anymore? I say, well, I'll do something else. Yeah, yeah. I'll do yeah. something else and try, and try and be successful at that. I've enjoyed what I've done so far. I'm happy with what I'm doing. Do I have things I want to do? Absolutely. Yeah. But am I am I desperate? I, I think that's maybe the difference between me and, and some other queens. I'm not, which is a bad thing and a good thing. I'm not desperate to kind of grab things immediately. I'm quite happy to let things kind of pan out and see what happens. Nice. I, I, and I think that that's a, a nice way to be rather than fighting and elbowing all the time. It's because you don't need to, darling. No, and I also thought, <laughs> I only thought that in my mind now, and I think it's because I think I think I'm young. Until I watched Drag Race last week, and Lawrence Cheney was like, "Hiya, I'm Lawrence Cheney, and I'm 23." I was like, "He's what?" (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is quite funny. So, assuming that you do wake up tomorrow, which I'm sure that you will, what's what's the future hold now for Mary Mac? Do you have any plans for the rest of the year? What a a question! I'm assuming you'll wake up tomorrow. (laughs) <laughs> Assuming you will wake up tomorrow and Mary Mac still exists, what's she going to be up to? Again, I'll be back doing Jamie and then I'm writing again at the moment to uh, re-shuffle um, around the panto that I was meant to be doing over Christmas, just gone, okay. which will be happening in Christmas 2021. Okay. And yeah, and there's, and there's other, a few other things that... Um, some people have asked me to do, which is nice, always lovely. I know he said it, and it'll, it'll only sound like I'm quoting him off, I'm a celebrity, but he actually said this to me in a pub one night when we were doing Jamie. Uh, the wonderful Shane Ritchie, and he is wonderful, did say to me, because he'd just done panto with two of my friends before we started uh, rehearsals for Jamie, and he walked in, he was like, oh my God, Shona and Jenny wouldn't shut the fuck up about you, made him at this, made him at this, made him at this. So when he met me, <laughs> He was like, it's good to just finally meet you so I can be like, decide whether you're good or not. Um, and he said to me in the pub one night, they came to see me doing a show in Planet Bar in Edinburgh after we'd done, done Jamie up there. And everyone came along. It was a great night. Uh, there was a fight, of course, because it's, it's, like, it's a bar in Scotland. There's got to be a fight. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I what was I singing? I was singing, ooh, ah, just a little bit. I was like, excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but uh, the day after Shane was like really lovely co- like really complimentary and then in the pub that night he said to me I think you'll do great things he said my piece of advice and I know he said it on I'm a Celebrity he said never say no to a job mm-hmm. he said if you really don't want to do it try and outprice yourself he said but just never say no go and do it you'll always find a way out of it if you don't want to do it eventually he said but just say yes to everything and kind of at the moment that's what I'm saying except for all the podcasts that asked me to do things before this one <laughs> Where can people find you on social media? On Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, it's at Mary Mac Official. 
Uh, no one else wants to be me. I just like the word official. And it's the same across all of them, isn't it? Everything, everything's Mary Mac official. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get that blue tick. And then they said, due to lockdown, Twitter said due to lockdown, we are no longer looking at any new candidates for blue ticks. Okay, what? Bullshit. You say that, but Joe Black just got his blue tick on one of them and not the other. I want to say he got it on Insta, but not on Twitter. I noticed that this morning, yeah. I'd just like to say as well, justice for Joe Black. Yeah, for real. And that's a worry. That's a worry for established queens, like I would like to call myself, Mm -hmm. that you could go on there. Joe's an award-winning cabaret performer globally. Yeah. And you go on there and now because of week one, in some people's eyes, some of the fans' eyes, that's all you'll be remembered for. And that's a worry. And I know that's why a lot of other uh, established queens worry about going on the programme. And with that, it's time to sashay away. Goodbye, Mary oh, Mac. <laughs> Those words will give me nightmares just in case. I don't ever want to hear them. I think if I think if I ever get in that position, I'll just scream the whole time Rue's talking so that they can't edit it. So I'll, and I'll just walk off on my own accord. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, Mary, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure catching up with you. Yeah. Thank you really for popping fun. my podcast virginity. And what have you, just before we do leave, what have you been drinking the entire time we've been on here? Vodka and iron brew. Like a good Scots girl. Well done. (laughs) Well, we have come to the end of the episode. This has been Fierce Slay Talk. You can join us on our journey by following us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Fierce Slay Talk. And thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us going on. We could talk for hours. And if you enjoyed the show, let your friends know. Go on, spread the word. Be sure to review the podcast as well. Till next time. You want it. You got it. I won't hold back. Come snatch it. Come take it. All yours right off the rack. No wanting. No waiting. You shake me down, you touch it, you taste it, come take me here and now. Try it and buy it, the top of the stack, bag it and snag it, no need to attack. Instant and present, hit go and play back. Right now, right now. Take it and tame it, walk me to the door. Have it and hold it, you only want more. Live it and love it, you've got it, it's yours. Right now, right now.